0: Thursday. so awesome to see you. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going uh, to pray, but before I pray, I'm going to finish up a story. So over and over again last week, I had people coming up to me and they are going, what's the rest of the story? Because I started a story with the van, but I didn't finish it. I thought I finished it. So long story short... We parked the van. We went to Spokane and enjoyed conference in Coeur d'Alene. And then we came back at with a, a dolly, a car dolly. So our van, uh, the engine uh, died, basically. I don't know if we threw a rod or we... It was loud noise, clank, 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 clank. And then it died uh, 10 miles out of Cooley City, which is in a field, right? A wheat field with really one bar of cell service if you stand like this. Okay, so now fast forward. Uh, we prayed over the van. We got to a place in Cooley City called Big Wally's. Uh, it's where you can get uh, burgers, gas, uh, liquor, cigars. I said gas. Gasoline. Good job. How old is your boy? Three and, a half Three and a half months, and you're already pulling out the dad jokes. Good job. Uh, and tack, fishing and tack. Okay, so we made it to there, and then uh, Derek and Christine brought our suburban. My mom showed up, and we we headed back to Spokane. We rented one of those car dollies. Do you know what I'm talking about? So it's like a ramp. Well, we parked the van in a gravel parking lot. And so it was me, uh, my wife, and Lily. And we just, (laughs) we couldn't get any traction. So we're pushing and pushing and pushing. And we couldn't get the van on the dolly. Uh, And so then I call around to all the pastors that I knew in the area. And uh, they responded after we got it on the trolley, which was awesome. Uh, But these two guys watched us pushing this thing, van, for at least an hour, at least an hour. They're watching us. Uh, Story of my life. Watch them, get some entertainment, put it on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) And so finally, these guys come out with a piece of carpet in their SUV, and they push it up there. We lock it up and uh, head back home. So we made it safe, the van and everything. So that's the rest as Paul Harvey would say, that's the rest of the story. Okay, so uh, let's, let's pray, and then uh, we'll get moving. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts this morning in such a way that uh, it would draw us closer to you. Lord Jesus, if there is anything in us, I pray that you would show uh, what it is, that we may confess it and give it to you. God, I thank you so much for our mamas. Uh, I thank you for my mama and my wife. I pray that you would bless them extra today. Uh, thank you for their love, their care, and their investment, not only in me and in our, in our family, but every mom's investment in the lives of people around them. Lord Jesus, as I share your word, Pray that we would, again, draw closer to you. That we would uh, love you more. And that in the midst of all of that, we would honor our mamas. Thank you, Jesus, for moms. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody said. Amen. So my mom was a teenage mom, and so. Uh, <laughs> Raising two boys. Now, that's nuts. So (laughs) she's a little short, little, I think, I want to say that she's five foot, right? So dynamite comes in small packages. Uh, And boy, was she fierce, my mom. She did all kinds of stuff for us and gave up so much. In fact, I remember one time um, when I was 18, my mom bought her first pair of brand new jeans when I was 18. That's incredible, the sacrifices that she made and gave up for us. Um, And so, uh, in all of that too, uh, my mom, it feels like my mom kind of grew up with us, you know, because she was a teenager and we were kids and we were growing up together, right? Uh, Boy, I I was telling Derek earlier, I I don't know how, (laughs) She didn't kill me. I have no idea. I would have, yeah, she's amazing. So uh, make sure today as you celebrate your moms that you just uh, tell them how much you love them. Make, uh, I don't know, if you haven't gotten her anything for Mother's Day yet, I hear macaroni necklaces are the best. <laughs> uh, so just so you know. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, can you turn to Judges chapter 4? Judges chapter 4. Judges is in the Old Testament. So uh, in this time, there's this 350 year period, uh, give or take, where Israel was led by what is called Judges. So we look at judges as somebody that you go up to and they settle your differences, right? So like uh, if uh, Mikey and I like this piece of wood and we're going to do some carving on it, right? But I say it's my wood and Mikey says it's his wood and so we take it to the judge, right? That's how we picture it. Uh, But a judge in this time was even greater than that. A judge was more like uh, a governor, they were in charge. So not only were they, uh, they were they one who settled dis- disputes, but they were uh, a leader, which everybody looked to. And so here in the Old Testament, we have this example of this woman who led, right? I said, led. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, in this period, Israel was... Uh, doing this uh, progression of things. So what they would do is they would, they would live in sin. They would turn their back from God. And so I would define sin as this, going against the will, the way, and the word of God, right? So the Israelite people, which is God's nation, uh, they would turn away from God. They would sin, right? And then, and then they would end up being in captivity, right? Right? which that's what sin does to us. It puts us in captivity. Uh, so, so the Israelites would be put into captivity in some way, shape, or form. And then, and then in the midst of this captivity, they would call out to God for help. They would beg him for help. And he would, res- he would respond. And he would respond by sending someone to, to help restore them, to help refocus them, to help lead them to him in a deeper relationship with him. And so when you read and when we look through the book of Judges, we have to have this lens as we're looking at it. So uh, if you have uh, your Bibles, Judges chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 1 and then I'm going to skip to verse 4. After Ehud died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So again... They did, verse two, so the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, the king of, the, of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth, Higoyim. Come on, I should get points just for those two words. Verse three. Because he had 900 chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. For 20 years. They cried to the Lord for help. So, so when we get this picture, we see this people that turned from God. They did evil in the eyes of God. So they sinned against God. So they went against the word, the way, and the will of God. They went their own direction. And so we've got this people group that's under oppression from another nation and, and under it for 20 years. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being stuck For 20 years? Could you imagine being oppressed for 20 years? Could you imagine walking freedomless for 20 years? And so in their position, they had no idea what to do. They had no idea where to go. And so they called out to God. God, please save us. Please take us out of this. Please pull us out of this oppression right they're begging god what's interesting about this is that when we look at sin it does the same thing to us it puts us under captivity where we're we finally get to the point where we're begging begging for god to to intervene to to intervene on our behalf to change our situation to free us. And I wonder this morning, before we get more into the sermon, I wonder this morning how many of us are walking in sin and shame in such a way that we long for freedom, that we long for hope, that we're at this point of where we've tried everything, we've looked everything, we've done everything, and nothing satisfies. Nothing makes us whole. Nothing gives us peace. And in this is where the Israelites were. In the midst of all their drudgery, all their pain and all their sorrow, they got to a point where they realized none of this other stuff is going to save us. None of this other stuff is going to give us peace. None of this other stuff is going to make us whole. None of this other stuff is going to comfort us. And so they call out to God in honesty. I wonder if if you and I were honest to God. If we could say that we're in that same position. And if we're honest to God, can I tell you this? He responds just like he did with the Israelites. Okay, verse 4. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time, a prophet. So a prophet uh, in scripture does a couple things. One is, is a prophet tells people about God and tells God about the people, right? That's, that's the best way I can sum it up. Tells people about God and tells God... God about the people. Uh, there are more to that, right? So a prophet also is a, a, a foreteller. So that God enables them to tell uh, what's going to happen and what the situation looks like. Uh, so, so Deborah. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. So now verse 5. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Okay, so so here's this woman right? She's a prophet. So she would tell people about God and tell God about people. And, and all these people w- would flock to her, right? Like, what, what would God say to this? Help us settle these disputes. And she was a leader. She was not only a prophet, but she was a leader and a judge. Because verse uh, five, she held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went to her to have their disputes settled. So again, when I go back to this and I say judges during this time, they were not just like, uh, hey, come on, let's figure out your disputes. They were leaders of the time. Did you know that uh, there are only seven female prophets in scripture? Three. Of those seven, uh, in biblical history, excuse me, not only, three people in all of biblical history uh, held a trifold role. Trifold, doesn't I just think of food whenever I hear that. Uh, they, they held these three roles. A judge, right, which is like a governor. Uh, a prophet. And a military leader. The three were Moses, Samuel, and Deborah. Now, if you've seen Prince of Egypt, you all heard of Moses, right? So he was a prophet, a leader, a, a ju- excuse me, a prophet, a judge, and a military leader, just like Deborah. Isn't that interesting? She's got a lot of weight. Besides, my wife is named after Deborah, so it means even more. Uh, <laughs> So as a judge, Deborah would sit and she would listen to cases and debates, uh, legal or property debates, and decide for the people what to do. And so when you look at her, she was super influential. She was the fourth judge in a long series of judges over a period of 350 years. So we look at her position. So they would go to her because they knew that she would uh, answer wisely That she would uh, answer on behalf of God. That she sought after what God wanted and would desire. And they would go to her because that she would sit and listen. Listen is important. My first point is this. Look at me. Hey, you, look at me when I'm talking to you. Look, look at me. That's my first point. My second point is this. Don't make me come over there. My third point is this. <clears throat> uh, are you going out dressed like that? So those are my three points. You got it? Hey, look at me. Hey, you, look at me when I'm talking. Look, look at me. So the first is this. Look at me. This idea that, that Deborah would uh, hear and listen to God. And not only to God, but his people, right? So again, we said a prophet was someone that would talk to God, but also talk to the people about God, and talk to God about the people, right? And so she was in this idea, or this mindset, that she would genuinely listen to God, And the reason why my point is, look at me. Look at me when I'm talking to you. is this idea that many of us have either been on one end or the other, right? When when your parent, when your mama says, look at me. (laughs) For me, she would grab my face. Uh, (laughs) Listen to me. I need you to hear what I'm saying, boy. Right? It's this idea of listening and hearing. You see, when we hear God as opposed to just listen to him, there's a difference, isn't there? Uh, When when we're told something by our parent or somebody we care about, there's a difference between listening and hearing. You know what I see as the difference between listening and hearing? Hearing is, is, listening is like, oh, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I got you, I got you, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and then you hear what you want to hear, right? <laughs> and you go do what you want to do. Uh, I was a listener. <laughs> and sometimes I still am a listener. But hearing, hearing is, is receiving and acting upon what you receive. Right? So, uh, so as a mama or a dad or, or a kid, when, when you're told to do something, the difference between listening and hearing is hearing is, is you're told and you respond. You, you, you act it out. right? Listen to me, I need you to do the dishes." OK? My kids hear, yada, 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 yada." Then I grab their face and I say, "I need you to hear me. Go do the dishes now.) <laughs> And then they respond, because they heard me. <laughs> right? And so, so in the midst of this, we see this woman who, who is standing before all these people and leading them. And not only leading them, but settling disputes. And so she is constantly not only hearing from them, but more importantly, hearing from God. The Bible has something to say about this. John 10, 3 through 4, it says this. The gatekeeper opens the gates for him and the sheep listen to his voice, talking about Jesus. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And he was brought out all his own. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. Something that is really clear for my kids is that they know their mom's voice and they know their dad's voice, right? And sometimes they say they can hear their dad's voice from miles away. Uh, They make jokes about it because they say that my laugh is loud. Uh, They're like, dad. Uh, But they they know my voice. You see, Deborah, in the position that she held, as a mother of Israel, she knew God's voice. And she responded. And how do we get to know his voice? And how do we respond to that voice? We get to know his voice by getting into the Bible. The primary way that God speaks to us honestly, is not through some preacher. I'd like it to be. (laughs) Or some prophet. But the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. So the primary way that we recognize his voice is through his word. So we see this woman, Deborah, who would hear his voice he knew the voice of her shepherd she she knew the voice of God and she listened to him and she would respond she would hear it she would respond in action second thing is this (laughs) don't make me come over there are you listening (laughs) I think I like this better than you (laughs) Don't make me come over there. Are you listening? Uh, is this. Is when we look at where they're at as a nation. Right? We, we see that they're in captivity for 20 years. They're in stuck. They're stuck in something. And they can't get out of it. They're stuck in sin. And they're not sure what it looks like to be outside of that. 20 years. Could you Imagine. I've been married twenty two years, and I can't well twenty two years this august, uh, and I can't I'm pretty sure. Uh, Debbie's not here, so I can't ask her ninety seven uh, Rick, did you do the math already? All right. <laughs> yes, love math people okay, so twenty two years and so uh, so i can't I honestly cannot remember much without her she's my girl I feel awkward without her and and I definitely demonstrate that I'm awkward without her (laughs) but she's my girl but could you imagine 20 years under captivity what that would feel like and what that would look like for you when we see them in verse 6 we see Deborah responding to the voice of God, hearing the voice of God and responding. She sent for Barak. I want to say Barak, but it's Barak. Uh, Barak, son of Abinoam from Kadesh and Naphtali. I'm so glad we don't have to do this all the time. And said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel commands you, go with you, Go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishov River and give him into your hands. Barak, or Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Verse 9. Very well, Deborah said. I will go with you. But But because of the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh where he summoned Zebulun and Naphtali. 10,000 men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. Okay, so we stop here. When we look at the situation, and she's going, hey, hey, the Lord has put this into your hands, right? I mean, do you see that statement, the Lord has put this into your hands? This is what's going to happen. There's the prophet stage. And see, that stage, that idea, or that mentality is faith, isn't it? So so she hears from God, and so she knows that from her past, what God has done, right? She knows that that God has delivered them out of the slavery of the Egyptians. She knows that God has done all these mighty and miraculous things. So when we say the word faith, sometimes we go, oh, faith, that's wishy-washy. But it's not. She's seen what God's done. She's declared that he's going to do it again because she heard from God. Are you following me in this? So when we see this this woman, right? When we see this woman called Barak, Barak, excuse me, when we see her called Barak, uh, we see this idea. Yes, finally a girl. We see this idea that because yeah, you, know, you can have a seat. This is Susie. Okay, we see this idea, but because of what she's seen, because of what she's experienced, because she knows the shepherd's voice, because she hears the shepherd's voice, because she's followed the shepherd's voice. We see this idea <coughs> that this guy, you can sit at your sister's feet. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, oh okay that works all right (laughs) Uh, so we see this idea that he's basing off of what he's going to do because of her relationship with God because of her faith do you see this picture so so he's like I don't know about this. I've been stuck in this for so long. I've been dredging along for so long. I know that I'm a mighty warrior. I know that I'm built to fight. I know that I can defend this country. I know that I can free this people. But ah I'm so stuck. I'm so stuck. And so when we look at Deborah, we look at don't make me come over there. She's saying, I know this is real. I know this is true. I want you to trust God. He's leading us and he wants you to lead us. And she's declaring boldly to him. So when we look at this idea of faith, did you know that your faith impacts others. That your, your relationship with God impacts others. That your faithfulness impacts others. This last week, Don and Carol Halverson, I didn't ask, but they just celebrated 49 years of marriage. And so that 49 years, it sets an example for the rest of us. That that builds a faith for the rest of us. Because of your faithfulness to each other, because of your willingness to fight for each other, because of your willingness to care for each other, all of a sudden you've set a standard. You've demonstrated that. This is the same way. Deborah was walking in a relationship with God. She set the standard. She over and over again demonstrated in such a way that this warrior would not go without her because he knew the relationship she had. Don't make me come over there. But you notice how she responded? Do you notice how she responded? She, she, oh. Let's read 14. We'll skip ahead. Then Deborah said to Barak, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? You see, when we look at this verse and we look at this idea, Deborah's faith turned the tables. Deborah's faith had influence on a people, on a nation, that even when they felt stuck, she was able to speak the word of God and said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you, guys. Give him a hand, please. You notice what uh, Deborah says in verse 9. Very well, Deborah said, I'll go with you. But because of the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. Ah, Mikey, come back up again. Ah, You can have a seat this time. So I don't know if you're reading this with me, but like Deborah's like, okay, I'll go with you. But buddy... (laughs) You know the victory that you wanted to do? You know, oh, the warriors dance that you wanted to do. Uh, no, not a chance. Not a chance. You are hear, hearing me, right? You're hearing me. You saw the on my yeah, you hear hearing me? Okay. Not a chance. This is a safe space, okay? Okay. Safe space. Uh, there, too. Okay, that's enough. Okay. So, <clears throat> you do this again, you're going to have to preach this sermon. Okay. So, uh Oh. That's where I was. So what Dara's saying is that even though you're a mighty man, even though you're a major warrior, you're not going to get the victory if you bring me. We'll still win. But the person, the person that's going to do the damage is a woman and not you. It's like, oh, go ahead, head down. Oh, okay, great. And then he looks up and goes, okay, I still want you to go with me. Right? Okay, have a seat. I still want you to go with me. But can you picture uh, the boldness in which she said that to Beric? Right? The boldness. I mean, we, we say all kinds of things with boldness, right? And sometimes and oftentimes it's not very kind. So what was the difference that she could say Such bold thing to him. This is my third point. Are you going out there dressed like that? There's something about a mama and there's something about Deborah where she looked at Barrick and she spoke the truth. She spoke the truth. And how she did it, is essential. Ephesians 4.15 talks about speaking the truth in love. See, somewhere along the lines, we do one or the other, but we don't often do both. But we see Deborah demonstrate both. She said, if you go into battle the way that you're heading, A woman is going to take care of Sisera, not you. That's a bold statement. But she did it in truth and love. Because we see that in what was demonstrated. Barak didn't just go, okay, and then then go alone. He didn't go off shamed. He still led in battle. And so how do we do that? I want to ask a couple questions. And how we do that, speaking the truth and love. Because if we, if she just came, came up to Barrack and said, Oh, honey, you're so strong. I'll go with you. You're going to do amazing things. Yay. How about a hug? A kiss? Okay. She did that. It's not going to help any, is it? But she made very clear that, hey, here's the truth. The truth is, is that if I go to battle with you, a woman's going to get the victory, not you. It's like, okay, let's do this. Do you see the difference? So here's some ways that we can make sure that we speak the truth in love. Ask this question, Of our mouth. Is it critical of others? Or being careful? Ask this of our hands. Are our hands clenched defending ourselves? Or are they open carrying each other? Ask this of our mind. Are we comparing with others? Wishing for someone else's downfall? Or are we lifting others... Encouraging them and building them in faith. A heart, is it consumed with jealousy and competition because of fear? Or is it soft and wanting the best for others and humble? You know, when we look at Hebrews 13, Is it 13? Hebrews 11, excuse me. 32, it says this. And what more shall I say? So in Hebrews 11, it's all these like amazing people of God, right? That had faith in the midst of hopelessness, that believed, that stood out. And in that major list of these heroes of faith, we see this verse. Verse. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice and gained what was promised and who shut the mouths of lions. Isn't that interesting? Barak is highlighted as a man of faith. And I would argue it was Deborah's faith that led them to victory. So as we wrap up this morning, my father-in-law is here, and so old preachers, uh, when they say as we wrap up, that means I've got another hour. But as I wrap up this morning, I want to ask you a couple questions. Where are you at with God? Are you like the Israelites? You're stuck in captivity. You're, you're longing for freedom. You're longing for peace. You're longing uh, for hope. And you're, you're just stuck and you don't know where to go. Can I tell you that I've seen God Personally, and with people around me, give others freedom. Look around for a minute. This room is full of people that have been stuck, and God's given freedom. maybe you're at the point where like i just don't know if i have enough faith would you consider borrowing my faith to get you through to believe that god can deliver you that believe that god has more for you maybe you're walking in a relationship with god can i ask you this do you really know him are you just listening to what he says? You just coming here on a Sunday or a Wednesday and just playing the game? Or are you hearing him? Hearing what he says and responding. Maybe even the greater question in that is, do you recognize the voice of God? Maybe you claim Christian, but you rarely Engage in his word. Can I tell you something? You won't be able to distinguish his voice without his word. So if you're stuck, or if you claim this name, you won't find freedom without his word. Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself not doing one or the other. You speak love or you speak truth, but you don't do both. Would you consider changing allowing God to change your heart to speak truth and love and so if you're a person that has a tendency to be more about truth than love then what I would encourage you to do is ask God to help you love like he loves in the way that he wants you to love maybe you're on the other end you're always about grace or always about love but rarely about truth If that's you, would you consider asking God to give you a boldness to speak truth with the love that he's given you for others around you? Because he calls us to be both. So again, where are you at? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning? Maybe it has nothing to do with what I said, but he's pinpointing something. Would you respond by hearing the word? What that means is put what you hear into action instead of just listening. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God, I thank you so much For the example of Deborah. Lord Jesus, a woman who would hear you and respond. A woman who uh, would lead by faith. And a woman who would speak the truth in love. Lord Jesus, may we see this example. And may we be challenged by it. May we trust you with all of our lives, all of our hearts, and all of our hopes. If you feel like God is speaking to you this morning, exactly where you're at, would you just take a moment and say, God, and just tell him what's going on in your heart and asking him for help. Would you just do that right now as every head's bowed? Lord Jesus, we need you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you are a God of truth and love. We ask that you would have your way in us and through us. And Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for all the moms and mamas in our lives. Pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them. Pray that you would... uh, Honor them today and all the other days that we live with them. Help us to love the way that you love. Thank you again for all of our mamas. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen. amen. Would you stand? Bless you guys. You are dismissed. Make sure you give a mama a high five or a hug. Uh, And on the back table, we got guests for all the moms, because moms, you are the jam. You'll know why I said that.